This message is brought to you by Alliance Bible Church located in Mequon, Wisconsin. Our vision is to captivate generations with the satisfying gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Alliance Bible Church or other resources, please check out our website, myabc.church. One of the things that I think is at the pinnacle of what men seek is a relationship with another guy. We just need buddies. We need friends. Um, We talked earlier in this room about intimacy with God, and God does not want us to be alone. He wants us to, of course, be intimate with Him, but we have to be willing to be vulnerable, willing to reach out, willing to share ourselves and be transparent with another man. So my friend, Steve Robertson, who many of you know. If you don't know, he's been director of men's ministries here for a long, long time and recently stepped away to enjoy some time with his lovely wife and uh, children and grandchildren. But Steve is going to talk a little bit about friendships. And that's something that we either are good at or we're really bad at. We have lots of how you doing, did you have a nice week kind of friends. But rarely can we sit down and talk with another man about stuff that really is important to us. And it spreads out into not only our our social relationships, but in our working relationships, and out into the community. So it is with great pleasure that I introduce my friend Steve Robertson. Please give him a welcome. Thanks, Steve. Some good news before I get started. Paxatani Phil did not see his shadow this morning, so it's going to be a short winter. Is that good news or what? So today I'm talking about friendship, and um, it's going to be kind of broken up into two halves. The first half is the reasons for friendship, And the second half is just some practical stuff about having friends and what that looks like and what you can do about it from your vantage point. Uh, This past summer, I was in a conversation with a man in our church, and he said, you know, Steve, I have been in this church for 25 years. And he said, in those 25 years, I have been involved in ministry. I've raised my kids. I've been a faithful attender. And yet after 25 years, I cannot point to one significant friendship that I've made. And I tell you, that broke my heart. Here I am in charge of men's ministries, and this guy that I've rubbed shoulders with all this time He has not had a single deep relationship. And I thought, man, if that's his story, are there other guys that are in that same boat that, uh, like the verse in Psalms, it says, I lie awake. And I am like a lonely sparrow on the rooftop. And I'm telling you, that's haunting to me. 
And I think that it is so critical that we as men have friendships, not acquaintances, not, hey, how you doing, saw you, bye, I'm off my way, but friendships that we connect deeply with. And so I, I look at the great friendships of the Bible, David and Jonathan, uh, Elijah and Elisha, Aaron and Moses, Paul and Timothy. And if you look at those relationships and what God was able to do in that relationship, you look at David and Jonathan and the support and the love that they had for each other in times of, of just tremendous problems and trials in their lives. And God used those relationships, used that relationship to further his kingdom. Because David went on with, and Jonathan went on to have great lives as godly men, to a large extent. Uh, Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Timothy, you know, you read through that and what those two were able to do in spreading the gospel. And you think about the, the ability to have that relationship where they are sounding boards for one another and talking through and figure out the strategy as God uses them to further his gospel. Uh, amazing stories of relationships. So God calls us to that. He doesn't want us to be a lonely silo. He wants us to be in relationship with other guys. He talks about iron sharpening iron and how critical that is for us as, as guys come into our lives and they go, man, Steve, you know what? This is what I see. You are the neatest guy I've ever met. A little bit of a joke, come on! Or they say, you know, you were an idiot back there. How in the world could you say that? Or, you know, but those are the things when you have relationship, guys can come into your life and talk through things with you. And you can do the same with them. Uh, he doesn't intend for us to be alone. Uh, you might say, well, you know what, I got a wife and I've got kids and I've got brothers and sisters and, and they are so critical in life and you want to have them, uh, they play a huge role in your life. But there's something about friendships that cover the gaps in life. I think about times when uh, there are situations where Guys can be in a conversation that, you know, you don't want your wife in, you don't want your brothers, you, you want to just have it kind of in this realm of, of total protection and figure things out. You want to have guys in your life that are, that are willing to be open and honest with you. And God calls us to that. Uh, Guys can give support, they can give love. Uh, there's nothing more entertaining than a bunch of guys at a ball game, out hunting, out fishing, laughing, talking, scratching. I mean, it's just the, the, the joy of life is when a bunch of guys are together and they're telling stories and they're relating to one another. 
And that's a, that's a critical part of it. Friendships are fun. Friendships are entertaining. So there are times in our lives when we fall into really tough situations. Uh, in 2010, my wife, who I'd been married to for 34 years, uh, got sick. Within a few weeks, she passed away. We were so tight. Our lives were, the future was kind of figured out. Our kids were growing up. We had a couple of grandkids. Man, all of our plans and hopes and dreams were together moving forward. And it ended. And I tell you, it was devastating. And I had my kids and I had my brothers and their families and I had, you know, all these family people around me, but they were grieving like I was in a sense. And to have them take care of me and I was taking care of them, I mean, it was just, but I remembered, you know, go to church, stay in your men's group. And through this terrible time, these guys were ministering to me. They were inviting me to their homes. We were having dinner. My, my uh, men's group that we met at my house, we met every week. And it was in those relationships that they brought humor into my life when I was sad. They brought perspective. They, they just touched my life. And it was through them that I was able to move out of that terrible grief to a place where I could heal. And they gave me the time to do that, but they stayed by my side. And I came out the other side. And uh, God allowed me to find love again. And, and, uh, but I, I, I credit so much of this to these friendships that I've had and, uh, and just how critical they've been. So I, I put a thing up here, core longings. Can you guys see that over there? You guys can, can you? Not really. I'll talk it through, <laughs> okay. Uh, we all have core longings. Uh, to be human is to have these longings. We all long to be loved. We all long to have significance. We all want to belong. We want safety. We want purpose in our lives. We want to be understood. And it's wonderful how in Christ these are satisfied. You know, as Christian men, we know what it is to be loved by Christ. As Christian men, we know what it is to be a child of God. I have significance. I belong to his family. I am sealed in him. I have safety. My salvation is secure. 
I have purpose. I'm told to go out and be a disciple. He understands us because he lived in a human body. He understands that the temptations of life. And so in Christ, these are all satisfied. But I thought, wow, isn't that interesting how in friendships, so many of these things are dealt with. You know how, how when you have a great friend, you know that they love you and you love them. You know that you have significance because he cares enough about me and I care about him. There's significance there. There's a sense that, that I am in a place, I belong. I'm part of someone else's life. Uh, safety, there's confidence in the conversations. Uh, purpose, I don't know where that fits, but I'm sure it does somewhere. <laughs> I just haven't thought that through well. But guys understand other guys. And they understand what they're going through and how they're living through life. And so these core longings then are so much a part of every friendship. And so many things that we have and need in our own lives because we are human, these friends that we have and these deep friendships really kind of hit on almost all of these. So it's cool. Um, So let's get into kind of the, the practical side. That's kind of, y'all, y'all feel the need for that. You understand the background of why we need friendships, right? So uh, there's, there's three things, making friends, growing friendships, and lastly is preserving friendships, is, uh, is keeping them. So in the, in the first area, making friends, it's kind of the courtship. Um, and there are people out there that you want to move towards. You want to say, hey, you know what? In my life, uh, I think that I find you interesting. I would like to reach out and I would like to get to know you. Um, In that action, we might ask a guy, tell me your story. I'd like to hear what your life is about. Tell me your faith story. Tell me, your, uh, tell me about how you've come to be here. You know, there's all kinds of questions that we can ask as we move towards someone that we want to get to know. And uh, so in that, you move that person from maybe not trusting you to trusting you. Uh, it's one of the tenets of sharing your faith is moving a person from distrust to trust. And it's the same thing in a friendship, is, is can I be vulnerable with this person? Will they be vulnerable back to me? Can I have a relationship with this person that is going to be um, characterized by confidentiality, characterized by warmth, by uh, laughter, and all the things that, that you're looking for in a relationship that is a normal part of friendship. 
Am I willing to put effort towards them? Am I interested in them? Because some guys you just don't connect with. Other guys you do. It's a big world out there. There's a lot of guys that uh, some people connect with and other people don't, but pretty much everybody's covered after a while. Uh, and the last thing is, do they need me more than I need them? And that is kind of the ministry side of it. So I, I was at a coffee shop a few years back, and there was a new guy that had just moved to town. He was at the coffee shop, and I thought, you know, interesting guy. I'd like to sit down with him. So we grabbed a cup of coffee, and this guy began to tell me about himself. Just a kind of an easy question that I asked was, tell me about yourself. You know, what's your story? And the guy starts to tell me how great he is, how wonderful his life is, how important he is, how much money he has, how much discretionary income he has, all the things that he owns, where he's going, when he's going there. And at the end of that hour, I went, wow, I know a lot about this guy. And I thought, well, all right, I'll give him a chance, you know. So a few weeks later, I had another coffee with him. And I got to learn even more about what he had and where he was going and what he was doing. And never once a question about me. So a friendship, there's got to be interest both ways, right? So I, I came up with a horrible rule of thumb that I'll give a guy two shots at it. And then if he's not, ah, you're out the door, pal. Uh, which isn't the best, but you know, <laughs> it's who I am. Uh, I got a, I, I saw a friend of mine, uh, actually my neighbor Tim, and uh, I hadn't talked to Tim in five years. And Tim said, hey, let's grab coffee. So we went and we had a cup of coffee and we had the most fun conversation for two hours, went like that. And I thought, wow, I really enjoyed that. Here's my neighbor down the street, just a couple of doors, and we connected on all of these different levels, and we're getting together again next week because I want to be in his life. I want to know about him. I want to have him as my friend. I want to be involved. And so there's this great uh, chance of having a new friendship, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I was fishing up at uh, Lake of the Woods with a Fort Wilderness uh, fishing trip this past summer. And uh, there was a guy there, Ron and his son, and I ended up being his boat boy, you know, driving them around and they knew nothing about fishing and, and so I, I just helped them. Well, you saw the big fish I caught, right? I held it out this far. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, so Ron, at the end of the week, he says, you know, Steve, is there any way that we could get together on an ongoing basis? He said, I, I want to be a godly dad for my son and my daughter, and I just don't think that I've put enough things in my life that I can have a spiritual influence on their lives. So Ron and I have been meeting every other week since the end of summer. And we have grown our relationship in such a wonderful way. 
And we have had so much fun, and yet we've had this deep spiritual connection. And it's just been amazing to me how that one question and that right answer of yes has brought this guy into my life that I have just learned to love. And I want to grow that relationship. So uh, in making friends, you've got to move towards someone. Someone has to move towards you. You've got you've to find that person that you want to have in your life. And uh, I think through prayer, God typically will bring about a name or you'll rub shoulders with someone and that'll click because God wants us to be in those kinds of relationships. Uh, The second thing is growing a friendship. How do you make a friendship thrive? And, you know, this isn't exhaustive truth. This is just some musings of a guy who's growing older, okay? But what I'm finding is that when I'm in proximity with people, that is when relationships really start to foster and grow and build. And in that rubbing shoulder to shoulder, there is so much that happens and is said and is talked through. And so we have this this situation in life where, you know, I'm in a Bible study with five to seven guys. And we've been meeting since 2007, every Friday in my living room. And we have built this rich relationship over the years. We've shared stuff. We have grown together. We have met each other's needs. We have enriched each other's lives. Every week, we are together. And there is that that continuously growing relationship. Uh, I think of guys that I've ministered with here and like uh, when I was involved with men's ministries, uh, you know, you have a common goal and you're with each other and you're working together and you're moving towards something and you're rubbing shoulders and you're, you're gaining the depth of friendship. Same thing when, when I was involved in other ministries. That proximity of being together, sharpening each other, yeah, iron sharpens iron. Those things are happening when you're in proximity to one another. And those are my spiritual friendships. In my, my uh, friendships that are outside the church, um, I golf a lot. And so I love to think about, Lord, what are you going to bring in this conversation as I'm walking down the fairway with this guy for four and a half hours? <laughs> you know, I have another nickname. It's Fairway Steve. Yeah. Uh, where was I? <laughs> anyway, I, I cannot believe the rich conversations I've had with some of these guys. And 
by just a few short questions, and I'm telling you, guys are lonely. Guys at work, guys in the neighborhood, guys in, in uh, every walk of life, guys are lonely. They're looking for friendships. And it amazes me that you just prick the surface and these guys open up. And it's in a sense where they're saying, you mean you care enough about me to ask me some questions? Because typically it's like the guy at the coffee shop, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they get a chance to tell their story. And some of them will ask back and forth and there will be that budding relationship. And so by being together and on an ongoing basis, those relationships really begin to thrive. And those friendships become important to them and to me. And so the question is, are you in a small group? It's a great way to build those friendships. Are you available to get involved? Is something going on in your church that says, man, we need to put people into this? It's a way when you can have other Christians that are involved in the same plan working together towards some great ministry that God has. Uh, will you put effort into your friendship? It takes work. It takes your time. It takes um, caring about that person. And... Uh, if you do those things, they're going to thrive. I promise you. The last uh, section is, is how do you keep friendships? You know, if you look back in high school, you had great friends, remember? How many of those friends are still with you? You know, if you're lucky, you might have one or two. Uh, you went to college. How many of those friendships are along? Do you still have? Maybe one or two. Your work, you know, you change jobs, you have these things. You, you know, so it, it, as time goes on, you build up this longer and longer list of friends. And, and how do you keep them? How do you, how do you continue to have them so that uh, they don't fall away? My dad always said that, you know, give or take a few, you have five great friendships in life. He said, you got to fight for them, whatever the cost, don't let them die out. And man, you know, to keep those long-term friendships alive, it takes effort. Uh, my brother-in-law, my my uh, first wife's uh, brother, man, I've known him since he was 14. And what a great friendship we've had our entire lives. And uh, after my wife died, he moved out to Seattle, and so proximity was no longer there. And uh, he got busy, I got busy, and I noticed that the number of phone calls began to drop. And I thought to myself, you know, he's one of those great relationships in my life that I don't want to end. And in fact, over the last five years, I don't think he's called me three times. But I've called him 
every six weeks to two months to three months, I keep that relationship alive because I want him in my life. When we talk, we're instantly connected. We're back to what life was. I don't know why. Sometimes I complain, ah, oh, that jerk, you know, why doesn't he ever call me? And, and yet I go, well, if I don't, it could end, and I don't want it to end. And so I put that effort into it. Um, and so we have these lists of friends that we have, and, and how, do you, how do you maintain them? You, you call them, you, you deal with, you know, figure out a way to have some time together, but, but they're worth the effort. Because these long-term friendships from back in the day to where you are today make up who you are as a man. And so it's really important. So to wrap it up, gee, I've gotten through this quick. Um, the leper asked Jesus, I am a leper. Will you choose to heal me? And Jesus says, I choose. And if you think about leprosy, it's a painful, painful place. And it's a, a, an awful disease. It's 24 hours of living in pain. And I think about the person in your life who in his heart is saying, I am a lonely sparrow on the rooftop. Will you be my friend? And what will your answer be? I will choose? Or man, I'm awful busy. I got a lot going on. I got enough friends. What a ministry we can have by touching other men's lives. What a ministry we can have by reaching out, getting out of our comfort zone, wrapping our arms around someone and saying, man, I'm interested in you. There's a tremendous need out there. Will you choose? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, you have brought uh, the availability of friendship, that we have this opportunity to reach into other guys' lives and have other guys reach into our lives. We're thankful for the, the ability to share and to be vulnerable and to be enriched by the joys of friendship. And I pray, Lord, with all the guys here today that you would um, you'd bring those friendships into our lives. You would open our eyes to those that need us in their lives. That your gospel and your ministry and the, the world would be a better place because of these relationships. Thank you for loving us, Lord. In thy name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much.
You know, we've got some time, and we're just a group of guys. Who's got an idea about building a friendship that builds on top of what Steve has already said? Or who's got a question about a friend they're trying to reach? We might as well use this as productive time, because God wants us to do that, to solve these kinds of issues. Because building a friendship takes courage. You have to be tenacious about it. You have to be willing to make an investment. These are the kinds of things that Steve has talked about. But you've got a question. How about a comment, whatever. We'll let Steve answer the questions. All right, let's hear it. I think that's well said. It is. Gives us meaning. And that's what we're seeking. I'd just like to add that uh, in a good friendship, no expectations. Yeah, it's interesting when you have an agenda in a friendship, it's either, it's kind of one sided. You know, you're after something that they have and and it's a, it can be an acquaintance, but I don't know that it can be a real friendship. So, You hear this from me all the time, and Steve touched on it as well. Um, the importance of trying to get into a group of men. Doesn't matter how many, could be one. Could be three or four. But a consistent interaction with them is what Steve is built upon. I mean, he has used that so dramatically. And the thing that I think you'll agree with me, and I'm not just bragging here, but Steve is a guy who is, speaks from his heart. It's genuine friendship. It's the kind of thing that we all desire. You know, I want my friend to be genuine. And he's that kind of guy. And so I think if you're willing to step out and do that with someone else, and as I say, invest the time with them, and be on the receiving end of what they have to offer, but be willing to share what they're looking for, you'll begin to take the formative steps in building that relationship. Yes, sir. <laughs> Go ahead. That's good, thanks. Go ahead. Um, from a standpoint of developing new relationships, can you give some thoughts on how to get past um, like a lack of self-confidence or fear of rejection in terms of trying to open the relationships? I think that a lot of times that happens where I want to, you know, you know gain friends and that, but the fear of rejection keeps you from making that Well, I think it's how you, you start it. You know, it's, it's just saying, 
tell me your story. And I, I, I don't know that that is as hard as saying, can you be my friend? You know, that's two different ways. It's, it it kind of comes, grows up into a relationship. But it's having interest in someone else. It's having interest in who they are as a person. And uh, I think when we take maybe ourselves out of the equation, we have a better opportunity to grab a little bit of their life and to see what that's like. And, and then it blossoms from there. That didn't answer your question, did it? You ask about fear. How do I overcome the fear? <clears throat> I think we were reminded earlier today that um, Scripture tells us that love casts out the fear. And if we know that we're being loved and we're receiving that divine love and we really we desire it, that we can overcome any of these fears that we have. It means that we have to really be intentional about it. And fear is a natural reaction to almost everything that we do. We're afraid we're not good enough, not big enough, not strong enough, not valuable enough. And God reminds us that all of that is taken care of through love. So one way to forge that, that bridge, I think, is first in your heart, knowing that I love you. And somehow I want to get to know you. And it doesn't mean you're going to accept me, but nonetheless, I still love you. So who else? Uh, did you have a thought? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, purpose should be pretty easy because we're all here to glorify God. So to me, that's the purpose of creating friendships or, or being somebody's friend. Uh, the other thing is uh, sincerity. I had a situation where I had moved from the area. Somebody said, uh, hey, if you need anything, call me. All them? I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing some remodeling. I said, well, okay. 
I did some carpenter work, I'll be able to help you. Uh, you know, man, like, be sincere. Don't tell me you want to be my friend or you want to call me when I need somebody. Yeah. But, you know, only be there for me. Yeah. So you have to make yourself vulnerable. And the other thing, I guess, is how do you keep any friends being in the fair way? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for handicaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve. That's well said. Jody? I'm just curious about uh, how this can translate. I'm presumably a lot of us in here are Christian. Uh, so how can this translate into friendships of those who are transitioned from being non-Christian to being Christian and left friends behind? They still have those bonds. There's some communication barriers that think there. And so how, does that, how do we deal with those kinds of, it may seem innocuous, but you know, I personally have got a friend that I was friends with since I was you know, 14 years old, and now he still lives a life of sin. And I'm not sure exactly what he stands with God, but um, because I cross over now, I have a fear of approaching him with things like this. I know perfect love cast off there. Get all of a sudden, but, but I'm just looking from a standpoint of practicality. How do you transition those things? How do you make it your concern for them, your, you know, what's different about Jody now, you know, is, is going to come up because they all see it. Um, and that those non-Christian friends are watching you. He probably knows you're a Christian, even though you've never said anything. But he's watching you to see if he can move from distrust to trust. And when they, when they make that transition, then and only then are you really able to share who Christ is and what he's done in your life. Yeah, I, I got a brief comment on, I mean, I mentioned recovering support with the church. We started about 11 years ago, and we didn't think it was ever going to go anywhere or anything, but through the years, uh, we've developed very, very strong friendships. Men have come and gone. Men have found the war in our group. I just want to share the things that this group believes or stands by. Uh, and the group is called Living in the Light. It's taken from First John. And this is things we are. Discovering our identity in Christ. A safe place to share. A refuge. A place of belonging. A place to care for others and to be cared for. 
a place where confidentiality is highly regarded, a place where you can take off your mask and be yourself, a place to learn, a place for healthy challenges, a turning point in your life, a place for encouragement, a place to share your burdens, and finally one of the guiding verses that we've used and we've applied in that group is carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. And that's Galatians 6.2. That's it. Wow. Thank you. That's excellent. Those are all great tenants. And they kind of go right along with yeah, this. Yeah. 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 I think that we should understand that in our creation, God made all of us leaders. Leaders within our own lives, leaders in our relationships, in family, at work, in our church. We have to let that part begin to blossom in us. And in doing so, we answer the question that Jordy asked, you know, how, what do I do about the guys that just left me, who just said, uh-uh, I'm not having anything to do with that crazy stuff. We still love them. We, it's by example. We're leaders. That's where I was going. And yeah. I think that's the tool. Yeah. That's the tool. I don't know you, but I can start to pray that God will bring us together. And I think that's a valuable way to get to know men. That's right. Amen. All right, we've just, got... Can I just say one sure, last sure, thing? Sure, sure, of course. Um, man, I'm available. I'm retired. I got time. All these guys in purple shirts are the same way. You know, we're, we're looking to be part of the solution. Yeah, you have. All it took was a purple shirt. Yeah. But, you know... We are, we are available, and uh, there's enough of us that you don't have to be alone. There are opportunities for friendships, and, and we're all in. So uh, just let that be known. So, all right. A couple of final comments. Um, no regrets as a conference nationwide does a wonderful job of bringing men together and we're all not from the same church. We've got varied backgrounds. We're of all ages. I love seeing young men here. I think it's just terrific. They can learn from us, but we can learn from them too. But I think the whole idea of being cross-generational is so valuable in the kingdom of God. And so think about how you can make a friend. Think about how you can use God as the greatest source of the answer to that fear. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. We've got two more sessions to go through uh, back in the worship center. Don't give up now. And one reminder, in your booklet today that you received is a questionnaire. It's valuable information to us. It'll only take you a minute to fill it out, but we'd like to know some of your thoughts 
about the day that you've spent here with us. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for each man in this room. I pray that you will work in all of our lives as we look to you for guidance and wisdom, that we'll seek out other men, that we will build our relationships, and that we'll be faithful, faithful to you, faithful to our friends, faithful to our families. Thanks for our wives and kids who have put up with this today as we've been away treating ourselves to this time of, uh, of worship with men and worship with you. So bless our, the rest of our day, Lord. Thank you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.